Are you proud of yourself? I am. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. <laughs> For what specifically? Just like everything. Okay, cool. Because it is, as this is coming out, Pride Month. Oh, well, no. I mean, I'm not proud of that. <laughs> I think we have too much pride. <laughs> I've only been to one New York Pride, and I think I'd like to keep it that way. (laughs) Make it our Um, yearly tradition to get the fuck out every Pride. Yeah, I don't. um, Or no, well, I was like technically here for two Prides because I was here two years ago during World Pride, but I didn't know that it was World Pride until Mm. I was on acid at Ginger's. And it was really packed. Yeah, I I was also there for that. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) But I was just pissing people off because I was with a guy and we looked like a straight couple. And I kept going up to people and saying, did you know that Joe Biden threw the first brick at Stonewall? (laughs) Um, And then finally, after I got like enough dirty looks outside on the patio, I had to be like, I'm trans, everyone. And everyone literally (laughs) was like, oh, okay." (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. Absolutely. Um, this pride, this is my resolution. This pride, this pride is not about justifying, uh, or like trying to fit bisexuality into the existing queer pride scope, but just having an entirely separate, uh, loud pride for bisexuality and pansexual, you know, whatever you want to call the queerness that is being attracted to everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is not my own personal radical thought, but I just have realized that I am like so, 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 so done with um, trying to ju- justify like bisexual presences in pride. You know I what mean, I'm saying? that's where trans people and bi people um, align. I yes. think that's our overlap uh, is that we often get the same shit because you know, obviously trans people, it's like your gender, not your sexuality. So you have straight trans people who also pass as cis mm-hmm. or bisexual trans people who get like told that we don't belong at pride because mm-hmm. we are not visibly trans enough and we look like we're hetero. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Y'all do your thing. We'll do ours. Yeah. I'm like, how about you all leave Pride because trans people started it. So let us just have it. <laughs> it's ours again. Can I still be your plus one? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. No, actually, like, pro- yes to that, not no. Um, was going to say no to lead with a statement, which is uh, one of, I think the trans community is so annoying, but like one of the few times that I am like really happy to be trans, like amongst a community and not just trans as an individual is during Pride Month because we're really like the only community under the umbrella that like does not really have a whole lot to say about who does and doesn't belong at Pride. Yeah. We're always like pretty quiet. I think bisexual people too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, d- okay, I want to also say bisexuals are annoying. Yeah, <laughs> no, same, and trans people are so, yeah. Just said that, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to like uh, give a pass to the, like I am biphobic fully. I think that it is, um, you know, it is just a phase and <laughs> we are just confused. I'm not transphobic. I just think get bangs. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't actually think it's a phaser that we're confused, but I do think that there are bisexual people who are just like any other identity of any kind. There are certain people among it that are we should be shocked. who are so fucking annoying um yeah shot with a dart of like ketamine (laughs) (laughs) just like 
chill. Oh my out. god, I if that were a job like City Parks <laughs> Department, I would love to volunteer to sit in trees at Pride and just blow darts of ketamine into people's necks when they're acting up. <laughs> but yes, in general, I would say because bisexual people are so often told that they don't belong at pride um they're not ones to really participate too loudly and who yeah. who is or isn't allowed or should be there and so i think that is a commonality as well among the trans folks and the bi folks and the um trans and bisexual overlap <laughs> folks agreed the bisexual transgender or transsexual people um before anyone comes for me, I, I included the latter because Nika prefers the word transsexual. Yes. Yeah. Don't fucking. Which like literally was the word that we used <laughs> for like ever. But, okay. like, That's whatever. like the that is the thing with all communities, though, is just like constantly coming up with um, new words. And if you still use the old word, you're problematic. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, I don't want to use transgender it's too much of an umbrella it's literally an umbrella term yeah and you're so like it doesn't I'm, work actually, for me. I'm actually specific as fuck yeah like i'm <laughs> sorry like binary trans people are, have a very specific experience <laughs> that's nika's, all nika's gender identity is specific <laughs> i'm a trans med um <laughs> i'm not a trans med i hate trans meds but i did get accused of being a trans med for calling myself a transsexual and Whatever. because I posted a picture of a brick and said, these are my mentions right now. <laughs> oh, my uh, problematic fave. It was funny. That's my, that's my bestie. I'm like, hey, I didn't call anyone specifically a brick. So if the brick fits, wear it. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Happy pride. <laughs> happy pride. Can we finally have an open and honest conversation about how the new pride flag is ugliest. Wait, fuck. what does it look like now? They changed it again. I mean, the newest, at least one the newest that I've seen, where it's you know it now has the brown and black. Oh, we yeah. just n- not just that though. But then, <laughs> yeah, imagine we're like we that, just we just stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So that was like the updated version. Let's say like six years ago, right? Yeah. And now there's the trans like triangle on the side of it. Which I know is not the updated updated, yeah. but it's the updated like in the way that it is the most commonly used it's one so now. Ugly. And it is just it, it looks bad. Why do we first of it's all it's not that I don't like what it represents. <laughs> it just <laughs> looks bad. We shouldn't even have a flag. It's so homo nationalist. Why do we even have a flag? Yeah, what are we, Israel? Yeah, like, like ew. <laughs> um, gross. Uh, yeah, no, it's okay, very but, weird. Like, where would the queer community settle? Like, oh, uh, what, what? Tulum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Tulum or like Punta, like literally anywhere on the coast in Mexico is where the queer community would definitely settle. Got it. All right. We're not give, we're not trying to give anyone an, any no, ideas. We're I saying, would not. Let's, we're saying let's don't do that. We're, yeah. we're saying that the flag is the first step. Why don't we go like so, if we like want to settle a like let's go like if we want to be settlers somewhere let's go be settlers somewhere that want us like you know f- farms in Italy we're like begging <laughs> for people to come back. Oh or, yeah, like, a town, I mean Vermont. Vermont is giving people money to live there. A little town in Sicily, <laughs> like anywhere in Greece. I'm just like thinking places that I want to visit. Yeah, for sure. Um, that are like please someone live here. 
the state of Rhode Island. Um, <laughs> I'm from there. We can settle it so easily. There are people there that shouldn't Ooh, live should there. We should settle that town that we uh, we stayed in in um, the mountains upstate. This why can't I think of it? Oh, Ghent. Yes, Ghent. Yes, the, the town. No, no, no. Well, that was the, the Airbnb, but where we went with um, the second trip. Oh, 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 oh. Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember the it name. It was like either. a little ski town that was just full of affluent white straight people, and I would really love to displace them. I would too. I'm down. <laughs> and I would love to like take advantage of like a perfectly located skiing town and only use it for like just getting in k-holes and clubbing and everyone be like what the fuck that. if you're gonna live in the mountains right at the right in the perfect cross-country skiing area then why aren't you cross-country skiing and we're like mm, sorry that's just none of our business this is our town now i don't ski because i don't want to end up like one of the kennedy cousins <laughs> dead I mean, didn't kind of all of the Kennedy cousins end up dead? Yeah, but like three. I think like three of them died, and then one of them almost died all from skiing accidents. And like Sonny Bono died in a skiing accident. Like Natasha Richardson died mm. in a skiing. Ac- well, she died because she refused to go to the hospital. Um, not victim blaming. <laughs> but if she hadn't, if she had gone to the hospital after she had fallen during skiing, she would still be with us. But today. these are these are downhill skiers. Yeah. This town cross, is a is a cross country. What, what does that even cross mean? country is not downhill skiing. It's oh. the people, remember we saw them. They were just skiing through the town. Oh, that's you, so do you boring. not remember that? No, I do. I thought they were like trying to get to a destination. No, because downhill. There are two different types of skis. Downhill skiers can't ski that way, like on their way to something like oh, that. Okay. Yeah, and I say that as you know, a proud Vermonter that learned how to ski literally, literally within months of learning how to walk. <laughs> But I've never cross country skied. I've only downhill skied because my parents, I guess, wanted me dead. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what I'm realizing. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't really love the pride flag in general. It's mostly no, it's being so used. Ugly. It's mostly being used now by corporations to market to us more than it is for any like purpose of. The, expressing real pride. The only people who are allowed to have a pride flag and I'm like not judging them. I'm actually like, yeah, I love seeing that is when I see a young, maybe you're 12, you're between like 12 and 15 years old. You're still figuring out what you <laughs> yes. are. It's two of you. One of you is wearing a binder that is too tight for you and you're going <laughs> to pass out. You have a buzz cut. You're wearing like low rise, like gym shorts. You're get- a lot of your accessories are from Spencer's gift. And the other one of you is also still figuring it out. Doesn't really know what's going on. Has a trans flag draped around you like mm. a cape. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of like snuggling in like the park kid non-kink zone area that has always been there (laughs) they've just always unspokenly existed at pride um is the crazy thing yeah um that's when i like to see people with the flag but Mm. yeah it's like people like trans people who have the trans flag hanging up in their room and they take selfies in front of it and it's like wrinkled because it hasn't been steamed and like (laughs) it's made from like not even it's like made from like but the worst material in like a factory in China, like mm. uh, no. Yeah, I agree with I that. Hate them. Well, you know, I like the little pride flags that my mom has on her porch. Those are cute. I think little pride flags as a symbol of that a space is like safe and welcoming is something that I appreciate. Um, when it's someone's like home or if it's like a small business, not a yeah. TD bank necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you know. 
pride flags as little symbols of like, hey, this is a chill, safe space slash a queer person lives here or works here or owns this business, that kind of thing. I don't love pride flags just like as the in in place of like where an American flag would be like a fucking flag. (laughs) And I don't really love pride flags um, as clothing. Yeah. You know, I think we could, we've all seen enough of knee high pride flag socks. (laughs) Once again, 14 year olds allowed to wear those. Um, 28 year old trans women, not so much. Put the knee high socks and the circle skirts away. Um, Anyway. Sure. Well, you know, we are going to P-Town this summer and P-Town has like pride flags all over it. And there's something kind of beautiful about that. But that's almost, that still falls into my what I just said you know yeah. it's like a, a house or or a business or a town just kind of symbolizing their um acceptance no, is it's different than like a nationalist <laughs> symbol almost no yeah I like when like small businesses have them I like when homes have them so I know not to go in there because um, <laughs> Nika's homophobic at- like a hundred while we're talking about ugly pride flags i never want to see the bisexual colors what the fuck are the bisexual colors it's you know when people say bisexual lighting it's yeah. like blue and oh, pink lighting yeah. so it, it's like blue pink and purple oh it's yeah bisexual it's so flag, ugly and it's so ugly the, it's also so close to the trans flag yeah the only good colors are the trans flag i have to say it's like that i still nice don't blue. think they're like great no they're not i mean it looks like you're it literally looks like a neapolitan <laughs> like it should be a neapolitan <laughs> right yeah i mean sure. i did I absolutely used them as my campaign colors when I was <laughs> running for state rep to troll everyone and no one really picked up on it except trans people. Um, but they're so ugly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, flags are ugly. Yeah. It's like we don't need we don't need flags. The pride flag should just be a page out of Strekanona. That should be the pride flag. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. The pride flag should be a picture, a photoshopped photo of Louis Tomlinson and Harry Styles making out. Yes. <laughs> That's the pride flag as far yes. as I'm concerned. Larry, Larry in forever. Or like cartoon porn of like Peter Pan and the Lost Boys having sex. Like something <laughs> like that. Like Mickey Mouse eating Minnie out. Like, let's Wait, like... isn't that heterosexual? Yeah, but I feel like Minnie Mouse is like totally a lesbian. Um so then why is Mickey eating her out? Because he's her beard and they're married. <laughs> and it's, they, you know, and it's 19- beautiful what they have. They're, no, they're queer for queer. Yeah, they are queer for queer. But they're <laughs> definitely both queer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. Mickey Mouse is definitely a trans man. Anyway. <laughs> we'll circle back. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's my a whole take. different can of worms. <laughs> um, should we dive into mistakes, keepsakes, and hot uh-uh. takes? Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. I've been having just kind of like a shitty few weeks, like mistake wise. It's like my mistake is that I've let my life fall into shambles because I have no motivation right now. But I'm going to narrow it down (laughs) to one specific um, iteration of that, which is that I have completely fallen out of the habit of cooking for myself (laughs) in a way that is like I literally have not spent so much money in my life on like takeout and restaurants, like truly ever in my life. And uh, today was my wake up call when, you know, rent is due tomorrow. And normally (gasps) I have, (laughs) well, rent is due a few days ago when this is coming out, but 
rent is due tomorrow and I just like checked my bank account and normally I check my bank account and there's like plenty of money for rent in there and I don't have to transfer anything over from my savings and today that was not the case at all (laughs) I'm like very out of money in as far as my like um you know spending money um (laughs) because I've just been literally getting takeout or eating out for every meal for like two or three weeks now. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through versions of like, I've been eating out way more than usual, but I like really, t- I did inventory and I was like, damn, I like have not just made a meal for myself in weeks. Um, So that is like a huge mistake because I love cooking. I'm generally, I pride myself in like how well I normally cook for myself like I'm usually like a very healthy cook and also I'm like a good cook and it's just something that has been part of my identity for a long time and it was shocking to the core to realize how much I have completely fallen out of that my excuse being New York has opened up in the last few weeks and I'm just like going out to eat with my friends and like enjoying myself um however my keepsake is that we went out to eat um, with Elisa a few nights yes. ago, and we had that really good pasta. Yes. And it inspired me to start cooking again because I wanted to figure out how to make that pasta. So I like went to the store because also it was such a simple pasta that I was like, this is such an easy thing to like get back into cooking for. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the store and I got the ingredients and I went home and I cooked it to perfection. I even made like a really nice like side of asparagus for myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it that keepsake is so meaningful to me because first of all, I really needed to just start cooking again, obviously. But also one of my favorite things in the world is eating something somewhere and then trying to figure out how to cook it myself. It's a pastime that my mom and I used to do when I was a kid, mostly my mom and I would just kind of watch and eat it. But like normally when I was a kid, when we would go out to eat, whatever my mom's favorite dish was, we would go home and try to figure out how to make it. Mm -hmm. And it used to be that like Google just didn't, didn't know how to tell, like Google didn't have the answer for literally every recipe in the world, you know? Um, So it used to be a little bit more of a creative endeavor. In this case, I literally Googled this restaurant and that dish and specifically the restaurant's recipe for that dish came up. So I didn't have to figure it out. But I did teach myself how to do it and I nailed it and it was great. And now I'm excited about cooking again. So my mistake and my keepsake are very linked in that way. Um, I still feel like shit about how much money I spent on going out to eat. But I already solved the problem and I'm back on my cooking bullshit thanks to that pasta dish. So well, congrats. Thank you. We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah. And um, yeah, it was the like the lemon spaghetti from Lil Frankie's. If anyone is interested, Um, if you Google Lil Frankie's NYC um, spaghetti limon, it's a great recipe, very easy, and Quite it's good. delicious. Yeah. My hot take is from our evening last night. When was mm. that last night? Yeah, yeah, it was last <laughs> night. I have no sense of time anymore. When we watched um like 45 Disney movies back to back straight to the dome. Um every Disney princess has undiagnosed ADHD. That's my hot take. <laughs> Um, they're all like, you know, quirky and forgetful and like, (laughs) they're all like 
running late all the time and they're all like, you know, Mulan needs to like write notes on her wrist to remind Mm -hmm. herself of things. And uh, I think like the most common thing for Disney princesses is someone being like, oh, where is she again? She's not here. And that's like a very (laughs) ADHD icon thing. They're all accidentally like very inconsiderate of people's feelings, but they're like not aware that they're being inconsiderate and they kind of overcompensate with their like high like uh emotional intelligence and empathy and like kindness <laughs> i don't know it's just and they talk to animals you know they they have adhd that's my hot take i love and i'm curious if um disney's agenda was to give me adhd because i was obsessed with mulan <laughs> and pocahontas <laughs> and um Ariel and you know all these extreme ADHD um, neurodivergent literal princesses. Mulan's not a princess though; she's just kind of a random girly. Yeah, she becomes a princess by marrying. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, but like you know, like I know that that's how like Cinderella too. Yeah, but um, in Cinderella, you actually see her become a princess, and in Mulan, it's like implied. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Uh, anyway, I guess my uh, mistake. I got really sick this weekend. I was like deliriously feverish and ill Friday afternoon until like late Saturday morning, and then still pretty sick. Um, Saturday into yesterday, and then it like finally broke last night. But I like still had a headache. So I'm like, today's like my first day of actually being good. Anyway, I'm like pretty sure I got sick that way. Um, because I like one made out with a we went I I went to a rooftop rave on Thursday, which was a lot of fun. The like rave itself wasn't fun, but just being there was fun. Yeah. Um but it was like, you know, we've been doing our thing during COVID, and then we've also been doing our thing like and as we've been vaxxed but that was the first event that I've been at during COVID where I've really just been like sure you can have a sip of my drink <laughs> sure right. can I have a drag of your cigarette of course right. yeah I'll make out with you yeah I'll make out with you and I was like it was all intentional choices like every time it happened I was like do I want to share a cigarette with that girl and I was like you know what yeah I do I haven't done this in a year mm-hmm. and like I want to fucking reclaim my life and not be so afraid anymore because we're all vaccinated. Do I like want to share a drink with that person? Yeah, I kind of (laughs) do. Um, so, but that like definitely led to me getting sick. I've also been like running nonstop for like almost two months of just like going out, going on one trip, going out, going on another trip, just like back (laughs) to back to back to back, doing drugs, not sleeping, like not really taking any days off. And just you know so I the mistake obviously was like not giving myself time to rest Mm -hmm. and this weekend my body was like well we're gonna get you to rest so uh, buckle up and I did I rested um we also just need to build our immune system's tolerances back up yeah like we just have not been exposed to like random human beings in a while yeah it was like very like not i mean yes give yourself rest and i'm glad you're taking that takeaway but like it's also it's coming for all of us we're about to all get really sick from just like like the types of uh bacteria and like viral 
material. What is that even called? Um, that would normally like give us a little cold or something yeah. is about to take us the fuck out. Cause we haven't been exposed to it at all Yeah, in over a year. Yeah, which I love that, like, I don't know, people are like, oh, well, see, people are getting sick again. Put your masks back on. I'm like, or just, like, people are getting sick again. Yeah, and it's also good to, like... It's, like, part of life, and it's good for your immune system to get sick. (laughs) And then, like, fight it, fucking psychopaths. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. um, My keepsake. What is my keepsake? Um... I well, last night I guess would be the keepsake, which was just going a very over wholesome Disney night. Yeah, very wholesome Disney night of just um, half a Xanax and half an edible <laughs> put me in a great place to just watch some Disney movies. Um, it was quite lovely. One of our other friends was also convalescing, so I went over to convalesce with him. Then Anya came through. Two of our other friends came through. And we just watched well, three, Disney. Three friends total. Yes. We just watched. <laughs> there were 45 people there. We watched <laughs> uh, Disney movies. I don't know until what hour because I fell asleep. Like I got home at like 5 a.m. Oh, my God. Wow. So that makes sense because I woke up like a little bit after you left and the sun was coming up. And I yeah. was like, oh, how long have I been out of it for? <laughs> oh, wow. I, I also, what was the last movie we watched? I fell asleep at the beginning of it. So I was it wasn't the rescuers? Awake, but it was the rescuers. OK, yeah. yeah, I really I need to watch it again because I did love it. Jesse was right. Yeah, but I fell really, asleep. It's really cute. The little mice. Um, Yeah, that was the keepsake. That was a cute, wholesome little Disney hang. I mean, have you seen Ariel's fucking closet of hyper-specific collectibles? <laughs> that bitch has ADHD! <laughs> um, and my hot take is also a Disney-related one, which I was discussing with one of our friends last night, which is that all of the fucking animators for Disney were gay men. Like, fully gay men. Closeted gay men, openly gay men. I don't know. The verse is still out. Um, definitely gay. 110% gay. Watch those movies and tell me they're not gay. And there's so many, like, I hate when people are like, that person's queer coded. But there are so many queer coded characters in those movies that I know were made that way yeah. by gay men. Definitely. And Corello Deville is a transsexual. <laughs> and that's my hot take. True. I mean, yeah, like every, every major, um, like original Disney princess has whether it's her story or a story that she intersects with like, you know, Snow White and like the very gay dwarves she lives with, <laughs> um, you know, not even just the original princesses like Mulan is not original and Mulan is like a queer coded as fuck story in so many different ways. Yeah, I mean, definitely non-binary. For yeah, but then also this the the uh, what's his face the prince falls in love with her while she's still a man (laughs) bisexual yeah while she's still a man in his eyes you know and i'm like i get it um as a as an nb myself i do find um straight men realizing they're a little bit gay and gay men realizing they're a little bit straight Uh through their attraction to me so mulan is (laughs) you know that was when i saw myself represented in media (laughs) (laughs) um little bear Oh, yes. I lo- I used to wake up every day at 4.30 in the morning <laughs> to watch reruns of The Little Mermaid Show, and then Little Bear would come on. I loved Little Bear so much. 
sorry, I'm vaccinated. <laughs> I was desperate for um, the snow concoction that he makes in, during the blizzard yes. to taste as good as it looked in the show or in the movie. Was it a show or a movie? It's a show. Okay. Yeah. Nickelodeon. I, I watched it on VHS, just co- like on yeah. a constant loop. So I never really internalized whether I was watching episodes of something or a movie. <laughs> but the when the soundtrack is so good, when there's a blizzard and they make this like, they like scoop up fresh snow and then put like cream and like syrup in it and make their own like ice cream. Every single time it snowed, I would make my mom make that with me. And every time it tasted just okay. And I was like, but it looks so good in Little Bear. Ugh. I miss that. I mean, Disney really fucked with us, and or not just Disney, but animated things fucked with us with how good certain foods looked, and then they were not. Yep. Like the bugs. bugs. <laughs> yeah. That Timon and Pumbaa ate. They looked so good. I would do anything to taste what those bugs looked like they taste like. Mm, fuck up of the week? Ellie Kemper. Ellie Kemper. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. Go so Ellie Kemper. Wait, I want to look up the. Ex- it's like the something veil of the whatever, right? Yeah, she was crowned. Yeah. So Ellie Kemper, at 19 years old in 1999, was apparently crowned in like this KKK beauty pageant, <laughs> which is um, wild. In and of itself, but then if you actually look further into it, this like beauty pageant was called something like oh, um, uh, veiled the veiled prophet queen of love and beauty oh <laughs> is the God. name of the pageant. Um, and it's like I don't know, you gotta look into this veiled prophet like thing, it's like a KKK like adjacent thing. Or like something that's under the KKK umbrella. And it's even more culty and creepy and bizarre than even just the KKK is. And then in addition to just the regular white supremacy, like obviously that in itself is terrifying about it. But they're like, it's like very, very um, Midsommar. How have like you been famous for this long and you didn't have your publicist wipe this from the internet? Like, I don't know, 15 years ago. Yeah, I like what? What's interesting is at least when I mean, I'm sure there's going to be by the time this episode comes out, (laughs) there's going to be articles galore about this. But when I Google Ellie Kemper right now, literally nothing like no like latest yeah articles about it come up it's just something that people are talking about on twitter Her which means that this works hard yeah satan works hard <laughs> i saying i mean bored people on twitter so get that notes app apology ready ellie kemper yeah you're gonna need more than and that say goodbye to your career like literally if you google ellie kemper and then hit the news tab the most recent thing is from one day ago and it has nothing to do with oh it and i'm like this has been out yeah. for a couple hours now how is no how's not even like buzzfeed run an unconfirmed thing about it because her publicist is on them right now <laughs> probably uh, yeah, tina yeah, fey yeah. is making personal calls the unstoppable publicist of kimmy schmidt yeah oh my lord <laughs> yeah terrifying wow truly horrifying 
I mean, Tina Fey has really got um, an eye for controversy. I cannot believe it's already like sort of problematic to watch 30 Rock because of Tina Fey herself. And now, I mean, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was problematic for all the Native American shit and for so many things. But girl, just retire and do your American Express commercials. (laughs) This show has no rewatch factor to it. (laughs) This show is going to be wiped from the face of uh, uh, history uh, um wasn't even that funny yeah i never watched it because i've always thought that actress is so fucking annoying to be honest yeah i get that for sure well okay that's <laughs> i'm glad we have a unanimous i think there was another fuck up of the week that i thought of earlier that now i can't remember but whatever i mean there's always multiple fuck ups you know yeah i mean it could also be um what's her name Eve Fartlow, Eve Barlow, oh, um, yeah. saying that uh, writing an article called uh, the social media pogroms, comparing like people being mean to her on social media to a literal Jewish pogrom, <laughs> um, which is just like actually took my breath away. <laughs> I almost like admire. I like admired her for like 30 seconds and was like, wow, like delusional. <laughs> Um, that's so cool that you're that, <laughs> like, you got up and you wrote that article and then you, like, got... You hit publish. Yeah, you got it edited by someone. Yeah. Good for you, girly. You are truly evil incarnate. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, like, almost don't even want to give her any more of a... Yeah, we can just say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Eve Fartlow. <laughs> Be careful. You're now officially a Nazi for saying that. <laughs> Fuck. I saw my Jewish friends now. God damn it. I wanted to convert. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's hard. I really want to have a mikvah. <laughs> Listener mistakes. All right. So this week's listener mistake comes from um, a friend of the pod. I don't know if. Who is it? I don't know if they want us to say their name. Hold on. Okay, I mean, it looks like they do. Okay, so this is from our friend Recess. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they did want to be named. Okay, great. Hot. <laughs> um, hi, girly. Hi, girly. Hi, bestie. Okay, so um, this is, oh, yes, I'll read it because you're doing the deep dive. Okay, so, hey, mamas, here's a good one for you. One time I sent a video of me jerking off to my boss instead of the guy I was chatting with. I noticed as it was sending and started screaming and hitting my phone, but it sent. Perhaps the worst part was I was clearly jerking off at work in the video. She ended up thinking it was hilarious, but I swear my face aged four years in those few minutes it took her to reply. I definitely have scarier mistakes, but this is one of my best ones. Love y'all and keep vibing. Um, That's uh, so funny. And I'm glad I've heard this before in person um, because it just makes it even funnier. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Uh. (laughs) they said, um, keep making those all those mistakes, parentheses, even if I yell at you in the moment, LOL. Uh, Shout out to a conflict. (laughs) Shout out to a previous bestie conflict. (laughs) Oh, God, girl. Well, that was your mistake. So Uh. agree to disagree on who made the mistake in that situation. But we love you. <laughs> no, no, no. We're all agreeing it was you. But um, we love you so much. Thank you for writing in. 
Um, um, I'll see you in New York when you're here this summer. Recess told us this story in real life. And I think an important detail that was left out of this email was that it sent and then they proceeded to just send a bunch of follow up yeah, texts um, saying, don't, don't scroll, scroll up, up, don't scroll up, up <laughs> don't scroll up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Which I think is like kind of an iconic recovery from that. Because for <laughs> yes. me, I would just walk into the ocean yeah i would like throw up i wouldn't even know like it. it's kind of smart to be like listen there is something up there scroll <laughs> up at your own risk but i'm going to send texts until it is out of the view oh and if God, you love yeah. me if you respect me at all you just delete this whole chat now you know but oh. i wouldn't have even thought of that solution to that problem oh um God. so kind of an iconic recovery imo but apparently she's still it or maybe she just is aware of it she's and, thought yeah yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> who wouldn't scroll up yeah right like, <laughs> you don't want to but your brain is like scroll up scroll up <laughs> scroll up oh my god oh, my lord knock on wood i still have yet to send anything to the wrong person um but i have a I have a very close friend who has sent nudes to her dad twice now. Shout out to Corey Johnson. She has tweeted about this at length, so I'm not outing her. But not once, but twice, you know? Oh, my God. That's some, like, "Mm, did you want to the second time? Like, some, like, Freudian slip shit. I mean, in her case, I believe wholeheartedly (laughs) that that is not the situation. No, no, I'm just But there are definitely... Um, <laughs> there are definitely people where it's like, mm. yeah, I mean, I added a dick pic once to an album that I was making for my mom and her computer of photos that she was taking of our house in preparation to sell it mm-hmm. and then accident. So like I've been there and then she saw my dick. This is not even close to the same stakes, but a really cringy thing that once happened to me was. Um, I say happened to me that I fully had happened to myself that I made happen. Um, I was in Italy with my friend and his family who took me with them to Italy. So thank you so much for that. And I'm sorry for this particular moment in time that happened between us. Um, we So he and I took a bunch of thirst traps of each other on the beach in Tuscany as anyone should and would. Yeah. And... We also took pictures of his parents on the beach in Tuscany because, like, they were looking hot and cute. And we were like, let's get a, you know, get some family photos, too. But when we took our thirst traps, they weren't really present for that. It's not like we were taking, like, really raunchy thirst traps. But, like, you know, we probably would, like, we both were, like, taking thirst traps big time in the water with our Aperol spritzes. Yeah. And um, later that evening, we were all out to eat and you know enjoying our pastas and his mom was like oh I want to see the pictures that we took on the beach and so I showed her the pictures of like them and then she was like oh like what about the pictures you took and I was a little bit tipsy so I was like well you can just keep scrolling if you want like I was like be warned we took like thirst traps and you know I don't know if I said it that way but I like warned her and then she's like, oh, okay. And then she and uh, her husband, my friend's dad, proceeded to just scroll through all of the thirst traps that we took. And you could tell that both of them felt this obligation to finish. Oh, no. <laughs> like that they like, they were like, <laughs> they just scrolled through all of them. And then I went through them later. And there are 
course I'm like, oh, really? Oh, really? Like thirsty ones where I was like letting the Aperol spritz like drip out of my mouth, like onto my tits. There are ones where I'm like... And I just literally, like, it occurred to me while looking at their faces from across the table, like, what it was I just put them through. And they, like, just were like, oh. And I could tell his dad was like, (laughs) he just, like, kind of was, like, ready to not be looking at them anymore. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, I don't know how to end this because I warned you. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't not warn you, but I should have never, I should have just chosen a couple to just show them, you know, the ones that are not as bad. And then like, these are the ones we took. And his, you know, their sons, the pictures that I took of him were not um, necessarily PG either, but they were not as like, like mine were full blown, like OnlyFans uh, promotional level. I wasn't even on OnlyFans at the time, but like, you know, that level of... (laughs) I've taken them. (laughs) And uh, yeah. So imagine physically watching your boss see that video recess. That's a a little (sighs) bit what I experienced. Not quite the same. Like I said, we weren't jerking off in those photos, but mm, by the look on their faces, we may as well have been. That's so funny. <laughs> Deep dive. Deep dive. Have I done a deep dive yet about blacking out at my sister's wedding? Mm, you did the deep dive about shitting my pants. Shitting your pants so no. shopping for dresses. Okay. So yeah. then well then part I, two. Okay, great. <laughs> part two, the actual wedding. Okay. So my sister got married. My oldest sister Allie got married in 2017. Um and like November. Um I had like just had bottom surgery a few months ago. I don't talk to my dad's side of the family. They're all like pretty transphobic and conservative. A lot of people, like a lot of like older Italian-American family friends were coming who like are not like my family's family, like not my like immediate family's family friends, but just friends of the extended family who are also a bit conservative and transphobic, um, like the men. So, you know, there was a lot going on at play here. I was like also like, you know, not in a good part of my life. Um, there was a lot of like tension surrounding the wedding. And anyway, I'm in the wedding party. I'm a bridesmaid and I'm having all this anxiety because none of these people have seen me as Nika before in person. And I'm going to be walking down the aisle, like, you know, dressed like the woman that I am. Um, and so I was like really nervous So a slut, you mean? So a slut. And because... (laughs) The woman um, that you are. Because brides are often cunts, um, it was very hard for, like, me to get any kind of, like, space held for my anxieties when I would try to have the conversation of, like, I know it's not my day, (laughs) but I'm just feeling anxious about this. Um, It was very, like, a who cares kind of scenario so i was like all right fine if no one wants to like counsel me through this um i'm gonna do it myself and so at the time i was doing a bunch of coke and 
I was going to bring Coke to the wedding. And I was like, no, if I bring Coke to the wedding, like everyone's going to know that I'm on Coke because like when no one else is on Coke and someone's on Coke, people know. And like you want to do it all the time. So I was like, we'll just have to do another stimulant because I was trying not to get blackout at the wedding. And I knew that if I was on stimulants, I'd be less anxious and I would just kind of be able to like float around the room more. So anyway, here comes the wedding day and we all wake up in the bridal suite at like 11 a.m. And we all start popping bottles of fucking Prosecco and champagne at noon, like bottles, (laughs) like 20 bottles We start popping these at noon and we're not even really eating. So like by the time I'm getting my hair and makeup done at like 2 p.m., I'm like (laughs) nodding off and I'm like, fuck, I'm drunk. So I'm like, okay, let's run into the bathroom. We're going to go take an extended release Adderall. So I pop that. I run downstairs to take photos. I'm still nodding off. (laughs) And I'm like, this Adderall isn't doing nothing right now. I can feel myself blacking out and I'm not even drinking anymore at this point. So... I'm like, all right, let me run back upstairs and go take another extended release Adderall. So I take two extended release Adderall. <laughs> that um, are extended releasing. Extended releasing. I didn't really, you know, get that. Um, <laughs> and I blacked out um, pretty much as soon as my sister said, I do. Um, the night was just gone from me and I was gone to the world. Um, and I blacked out at my sister's wedding. Um, I remember like little pieces here and there. I remember grabbing a, um, a vodka tonic from someone's table because it was a cash bar and I left my money upstairs and like dancing to the dance floor with it. And then the person's whose it was grabbing it out of my hand and being like, that's mine. And me just going, well, I'm the sister of the bride (sighs) and just laughing and walking away. I remember going up to a random guy and putting the straw of his cocktail in my mouth and just drinking from it and him being like, I guess she wants it. Um uh, I remember slurring your words like Matthew Perry at a press yeah. junket. I remember crying a lot, um, <laughs> like really, really crying. Um, I remember like dancing underneath my sister's uh, dress, wedding dress. Um, <laughs> Did you turn into a mouse from Cinderella? I was just like, pull- I was like putting it. It was so big, and I was putting it over me and like dancing like underneath it, like on, like with my knees on the floor. Um, so cut to the next morning, I wake up in bed in the hotel, and I'm in my jumpsuit, but the whole thing is like ripped down the back, like all of the crisscross strings, and I take my feet out of the bed. And all that's on my right <laughs> ankle is the ankle strap to the heel I've been wearing. <laughs> but the rest of it is gone. Yes. And there's nothing on the other foot. <laughs> and I look around the hotel room and I'm like, where are my shoes? So I look over to the other person in the bed <laughs> and they're awake. And I just go, was I raped last night? 
And they just go, <laughs> no, why? You just went to bed really early. And I was like, okay, well, because like, I don't remember anything and my dress is ripped and my shoes are not on my feet. Like, I don't know. I just thought like maybe I'd been assaulted. I don't know. Um, so I go downstairs for the breakfast and everybody is like, oh, like, have a fun time last night, Nika. And I'm like, no. I'm like, I don't know. Did I like <laughs> you tell me because I simply don't remember. Um, so anyway, what I ended up finding out was that, yes, I did black out. I drank everyone's drinks. Um, I danced like so aggressively and so hard. And I had been I had been teaching myself leading up to the wedding because I was just so annoyed by like the people that like I love my sister and her husband, but a lot of their friends suck. Mm -hmm. Like they're just like the worst kind of like "Mm, we watch friends together, like millennials, you know, (laughs) they were like, they were like, they're chuggy and like we're probably excited (laughs) for the friends reunion. Okay, um, harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, Anya. Um, All right. Uh, you know, just like, yeah, not people that I've ever really jived with when I was like a little kid. And so I like, I leading up to the wedding was like, I know that they're going to be like assholes to me. So I'm just going to like go off my rocker. And so I taught myself how to twerk really well leading up to the wedding. And that's how I found out that I broke both of my shoes because both of the heels snapped off while you were twerking while I was twerking. Wow. That's what Bianca. No, that's not my shoe didn't break at that point. Oh, yeah. I but but that wasn't even because I was drunk. That's because so yeah. So when we got announced, they were like now announcing like the sister of the bride and the like wh- whoever the fuck um their friend Liam whatever role he had he had married them um and we both were like we're gonna do like something funny because we like both do comedy as we're walking out and oh, no. yeah it was, uh, <laughs> we like walked out we both had drinks in our hand and we like went we like kicked our like legs out and my heels were so chunky and like they were from Charlotte Russe so like just like really cheap whore heels and my ankle like twisted and my foot fell out of it and I immediately (laughs) did a death drop holding the beer in the air though and there's like a series of photos of me like falling and then getting back up with the beer like still intact (laughs) nothing spilled you're like that Um, is not one of my mistakes of that night yeah no one of my Uh, prouder moments people thought that it was intentional it was not um Yeah, so just like a lot, there's like a video that Elisa took of me twerking next to a photo booth, um, just like on the ground. I also like was twerking on a chair at one point and this piece of shit that we're like, unfortunately, family friends with um, was there. And there's a video of him right behind me as I'm twerking on the chair, just absolutely horrified um, that this is happening. But he's also like, you know, four two and voted for Trump. So I don't care. It's <laughs> um, so fine with me. Um, anyway, yeah. So um, my mistake is that I just like ruined um, part of my sister's wedding. Or did I make it better? <laughs> did you did you get you did give the story? I think you know? you know. I think that I made it better. To be honest. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I watched 28 Days uh, for the first time a few months ago, and I had to pause it during the wedding scene because I was, like, having a bit of a panic attack (laughs) and was like, 
<laughs> that was me without a date. Like I did this at my sister's wedding. I just didn't fall into the cake. Um, <laughs> but I did do everything else wrong. Um, yeah. So that's Damn. that. That that is the story of me. Um Possibly ruining or making better <laughs> my oldest sister's wedding. Um, but either way, you know, getting blackout, which is never the goal. Yeah. Or, <laughs> but also, you know, and stealing the show. Um, yes. You know, you know just, it wasn't your day and then it still was your day. And then it still was my day. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> That's why I'm never getting married because I can't not invite Nika. <laughs> so I might as well just not do it at all. No, I would not I'm get blackout at your wedding. Uh, I'm we're going to do Molly at your wedding. We're doing Molly at your wedding and then we're having our first dance at your wedding. Yes, to levitating. And to the <laughs> fucking bitch who told my sister that I was snorting Adderall off of the toilet seat in the hotel room at the wedding. It was off of the counter <laughs> where the sink is. You weren't even in the bathroom. And who snorts drugs off of, off of a, a toilet. toilet seat? Like, who, what, that says more about you <laughs> than it does about me. That that's what you, you snorted. Yeah, you snorted drugs off of a toilet seat then, girly. <laughs> hmm. Hope your baby's doing well. Really, it says a lot about <laughs> you and your perspective on life. Yeah. It's big um, that it's it's the energy that that guy had in that radio show where he admitted to catching his own shit in his hand. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. There's this amazing clip in a radio show where um, they're all talking about like, I don't know whether you get shit on your hand or not. If you like while when you wipe. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know if they were talking about it abstractly. Like, I don't really know the context because the viral part of that interview or whatever is when one of the hosts is like, well, you're always like, everyone's like touched shit. And everyone's like, well, not necessarily. He's like, well, yeah, like... I touch shit like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes on to say that he like, as if it's a normal thing that he like puts toilet paper over his hand. And then, but then when he's shitting, he puts his hand under his butt and catches the shit. I'm going to kill myself. And then puts it like the toilet paper and the shit into the toilet guys i don't i don't like poop talk uh all right well anyway look it up it's very funny where he's like yeah of course i catch my shit and everyone's like literally what are you talking about anyway that's what it sounds like to me like because he was trying to be like you know how you catch your shit he like didn't realize he was like admitting something to the world that's this girl with the like snorting drugs off the toilet she's like you know how one snorts drugs off (laughs) the toilet Hmm, interesting. Okay. You and the um, former mayor of Providence, David Cicilline, I guess, snort drugs off of toilet seats. Yeah, I guess this girl can go right Sesta Fosta then. (laughs) God, she probably would, to be honest, if it wasn't already written. All right. Your blackout mistake (laughs) relates to this week's best mistake mistake um because (laughs) you were in a particularly vulnerable state um there was a lot going on in your life your your defenses were maybe down which put you in a position to um lose a night forever in a way in the same way that 
the world lost the contents of the library of alexandria oh forever. my god we're going way <laughs> yeah okay hot yeah okay so the library of alexandria is like i think the most famous um example of us like losing a lot of uh you know written history and scientific discoveries and just you know societal progress um there are obviously many many other instances of this happening we've lost countless um we've we've lost countless uh like historical um accounts and scientific discoveries and um like just like religious and cultural texts from pretty much every indigenous culture that's ever existed. We lost a lot during um, World War II when the Nazis burned all those books and burned down like medical labs, which we talked about. The Warehunt Institute. Yes, we talked about that during our Danish Girl episode. Um, There are many, many versions of this happening, but the Library of Alexandria is perhaps the most famous because it was like one of the largest collections of all time. And um, and it's like one of the more well-documented to have existed in the first place and for us to even know what it is we lost. Like yeah. with a lot of these other things, we don't even know what we lost. They're just gone. But with the Library of Alexandria, we know exactly what we lost and it's just gone forever. And that's like, I think why... It's, you know, it holds like almost a different place in everyone's memory because we know um, pretty much exactly like it is estimated that we lost about a thousand years of mankind development. Oh, my God. Like we would be a thousand years ahead of where we are now if we never lost the Library of Alexandria. Um, So that is because we're able to like kind of precisely uh, recollect like what or not recollect. We can precisely calculate like what it is that we have truly lost as a society. Um, That's why it is one of the more notable events. But I do want to say that it's like very Eurocentric, even though this was in Egypt, it it was a Greek um, dynasty. So it's like a very Eurocentric view to say that this was the most important library lost. I don't think that. But if it happens here, but is more important. Shut the fuck up. I'm joking. Um, It's just that it it is part of the fact, you know, it's in in pure Eurocentric um, fashion, we just know exactly what we lost because it was so well documented in the way that like we like, you know, like all the Mayan texts that were lost. There's only like three Mayan books that still exist from all the burnings of those manuscripts that happened. And um they're all in museums in Europe, which is super fucked up. That's some conquistador bullshit for sure. But like because of that, we like truly have no fucking clue um, the extent to what it is we even burned um, because we didn't like really deem it worth even like finding out, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is a damn shame. And I kind of want to do a whole other episode about all of those kinds of things because there's some there's something uh just as sad in a very different way about that but anyway so yeah um alexander uh the great aka alexander the third um 
was a great Greek conqueror born in July of 356 BC. Um, and he died June of two, of 323 BC, uh, which means he was 33 years old. He needs to be in the 33 under 33 list with Jesus as far as people who accomplished <laughs> some fucking crazy shit um, by the time Pirates he died. for his parents. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, definitely the result of uh, inherited wealth, for sure. Um, so... In his many uh, <laughs> accomplishments, question mark, one was that he um, was hailed Alexander, or he was hailed Alexander the Great, the liberator of Egypt, um, when he defeated the Persian reign on Egypt. Um, you know, that is how history remembers it at least i'm sure there were not all egyptians that were thrilled about what he did but in in general he was seen to be like a good thing for at least the area of alexandria which is mm. the city that he founded as his namesake at 24 years old um in 332 bc um and he decided that the city would be known as like the source of like all knowledge in the known world um and he, the reason that it was so important to him that um that like his society be extremely knowledgeable and well educated is because um he was a student like a greek student himself he studied under um aristotle who famously studied under plato who was taught by socrates um so like he's a direct student of like some of the you know most hailed minds of the ancient world and one of the things that that like that line of um student and teacher uh like that that group of people all like cared very much about knowledge and about there being like absolute truths and um so part of his like whole philosophy on how to be a leader is um, and he used it also as like a weapon is to have like extremely well-educated people and to be like the, the like most bustling source of like, um, and holder of all knowledge. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to start a library in Alexandria, um, that would have every book in the world. Um, he ended up dying, uh, a mere like nine years later after founding Alexandria. So he never actually got to see the library happen. Um, but wait, Ptolemy the first became a successor and that began the, um, dynasty, um, that ruled Egypt for the next couple hundred of years, couple hundreds of years. Um, and they named Alexandria the capital of that dynasty, and um, they ha that's when the the Library of Alexandria started to become like what history remembers it to be. So it was like this place where they had a bunch of scholars that like literally their only job was to just find shit out and learn. Um, and 
uh, it was basically like the one of the first versions of like a med school slash university. Mm-hmm. There was like lecture halls and there were, like I said, these resident scholars that their whole jobs was to just like go discover shit, figure shit out. Um, and uh, one of the ways that they accomplished having this like incredible um, collection of manuscripts and texts was because Alexandria was on the Mediterranean Sea and was like a really bustling port for trade. Um, they searched every ship that came in for books the way that one might now do that for drugs. Oh, wow. And they would take the books and they would see if they had copies of them in the library. And if they didn't, they would confiscate the books and um, and pay the like ship for the books that they took. And that was like one of the like, you know, if you're going to port your if you're going to like keep your ship in this harbor that's one of the rules is like if you have a book that we don't already have we are going to take it but we'll pay you for it yeah um and then there also was supposedly a um like you know you could get like there were certain benefits to purposefully bringing books. So if you're like here to trade something else, if you also have books that you think that the library doesn't have yet, like, and like you purposefully bring them for that purpose, you'll like get shit. I don't know, like a discount for keeping your ship there or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So they like incentivize people from all over the world, quote unquote, not the literal whole world, but the world at that point that was trading with each other um, to, bring uh these texts that they then also employed and created an entire industry of scribes and these people's jobs were to just copy these books so they made multiple copies and different translations of all of these books and they're that was like a whole career path in and of itself to become a scribe and there a lot of scribes for the library of Alexandria went on to be like some of like very important people in history, because that was also a way that, um, they were obviously very well-read and well-educated people if they were out here just copying books. There are no known accounts of what the library actually looked like or where it was specifically located. Um, but they think it was next to the Harbor and they assume that it had like architecture that mixed, classic Egyptian architecture with classic Greek architecture, because that is what a lot of the other things from that time looked like. Um, the, the next, the, the, uh, Ptolemy's Ptolemy the second. So his next successor ruled with his sister and grew the library and the med school and the museum that this library turned into even more. And their reign was known as the golden age of Alexandria, Um, so there's like, you know, a lot of famous philosophers and scholars are coming out of this, um, library now. It's like multiple generations of it turning into like, just being like the known hub of knowledge for the whole world. Um, the founding of the library because of this is referred to as the beginning of modern history. Um, and it was home to half a million books and scrolls and ancient manuscripts, um, It was the first place that scientists performed medical examinations on humans after death because Mm. Greeks were not supposed to touch dead bodies once they were dead. That was like very forbidden. So even though Greeks had these huge advances in science, they were not dissecting bodies, at least 
not openly and like recording it. Like there were, you know, there are some theories that people were doing it secretly and making medical advances that way, but they were not documenting it in the same way. Um, So the combination of like Greek scholars and like Egyptian culture where Egyptians very commonly exhumed bodies and dissected bodies after death made for huge like medical discoveries that we will a lot of these metal, medical discoveries we will never know and oh we God. assume that they actually figured out a lot of shit that we later had to refigure out um during this period of time um the founder of geometry euclid lived in alexandria and his theorems were written in the library of alexandria um, the earliest Greek translation of the Old Testament was written in the Library of Alexandria, apparently, which was the first translation ever, which would go on to be oh translated again and again. So I wonder what was lost in translation that first time, because <laughs> that is um, possibly the source of honestly one of the sources of this library's demise, possibly, um, is the random like the the many different mistranslations and uh misunderstandings of christianity and of of obviously also judaism but christianity ultimately is one of the things that as i'll get to is partially um credited for the the loss of all these great texts so it's it's possible that the very first like moment, uh, like that first domino was put into effect with that translation that happened in the library itself. Um, astrology and astronomy were both sciences that were partially founded in that library as well. And also astrology and astronomy were um, used to be considered the same science. Mm-hmm. And um So the as above, so below scholars, the people who believed that what you could see in the stars are what is going to determine what happens on Earth. A lot of that um, that we like talk about today, a lot of the things in both astrology and astronomy were like first discovered and talked about by the scholars in um, the Library of Alexandria, which, you know, as two astro girls ourselves, I find that very interesting. Um, uh, it's also where scholars figured out that the earth is spherical, which was later, you know, we people like to credit Christopher Columbus for that discovery, but it was very much Greek and Egyptian scholars in that library that discovered that first. Um, and um, there was also um, the discovery of the solar year or the calculation of the solar year, what happened there. Um, Also, something that's particularly heartbreaking to think about, the first steam engine was built by an Alexandria scholar nearly 2,000 years before we rediscovered it later. Whoa. Can you imagine? Well, maybe that's also for the best, though, because imagine how much quicker we would have fucked up the planet. I know, but like maybe, maybe we wouldn't have... If the first steam engine happened in a different way, we might not have gone down the exact same path with it, you know? Yeah. And if we had, like, the knowledge that these people had, maybe... I mean, I don't know. There's no way to know. Yeah. But, like, there, you know, I think the Industrial Revolution and all the shit that's happened to our environment thus far um, is also largely due to the context of, like, the people that it was happening to at the time. And maybe if it was, like, 
these scholars who are literally just paid to sit around and learn are the, the ones that put that into motion first. It wouldn't have come out of this like kind of desperate capitalist mindset in the same way. You know totally. what I mean? I do. But no, you're right. I mean, I'm sure we still would have figured out a way to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Ptolemy IV, however, marked the beginning of the decline of the dynasty and henceforth the library. So once the dynasty started declining, there was not as much of the, the same kind of funding that they could put in to just like have like paying scholars to these scholars technically didn't do anything for the economy. Right. They technically yeah. didn't do anything like in the same way that a fisherman does where uh -huh. they're not really contributing tangibly however it's invaluable what they've done for the world as a whole yeah um but when you're a struggling society that's always the first shit to go <laughs> so they are not funding the library to the same extent um in 48 bc um kind of like right on the heels of this already being like of the library already not being at its peak is when Julius Caesar arrives and he comes to Egypt um, during the last Ptolemaic Tol Tol ruler, Cleopatra. Um, we all know Cleopatra and Julius Caesar have their whole thing going on. <laughs> and Julius Caesar um, takes her side in her conflict with her co-ruler and brother during the civil war. And so this moment in history, and also it should be noted that Cleopatra was known as like a prolific contributor to this library, despite the library starting to decline. She knows like three different languages and it is thought, I don't know if it's confirmed, but different historians agree and disagree on this fact, but like that she herself wrote, um, like manuscripts for this library okay. in different languages because she spoke um, Greek, Latin, and Egyptian, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it should be said that she cared deeply about this library. She was a participant in some capacity with this library. So um, it is often credited to Julius Caesar that this library was burned down around this time during this civil war um, because he set fire to the ships in the harbor of Alexandria during one of the Civil War battles. And um, it supposedly spread from the ships to the docks and from the docks to the nearby buildings. And even though they don't know exactly where the library is, some people think that this is when the library burned down because they think that it was next to the harbor. But um, Caesar conveniently leaves this out of his own account of the events because it's what he, a lot of people think is if that is what happened, it is his greatest shame and mistake that he burned down like the center of all cultural knowledge, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, modern historians say that the library may have been partially destroyed during that, but it definitely wasn't completely destroyed by that. Um, and there is, there is like apparently, um, evidence that Caesar's, um, successor, Mark Antony offered Cleopatra 200,000 scrolls, um, and of like random shit. And it was supposedly to help rebuild the library. So there is like evidence that the library still existed after this fire. And so on, that's like 
what I'm going to talk about now is what historians now think was the true reason this library doesn't exist because we've sort of disproven that it isn't all Caesar's fault, although fuck Caesar. So yeah. we can still say it was his mistake, but he he threw the first stone. <laughs> he threw the first brick at the Library of Alexandria, you know, but it wasn't his. Um, he can't take all the credit. So um, Cleopatra dies and with her. So does the dynasty. And um, Alexandria becomes the capital of now a Roman province during the Roman Empire under Roman influence. The library is thought to have deteriorated even further, but continued to exist. Um, but it's not if it did still exist at this point, the Romans do not see the same value in the library. Um, they like the Romans, you know, kind of famously are, were a little bit more of a physical people. Yeah, than well, a Italians have people. never cared about education. <laughs> um, uh, and... Of course, of course, of course, <laughs> of course. The fucking library in Alexandria would fucking come to a halt because the Romans <laughs> the got power. Got the there. fucking Guidos got there. <laughs> yes, why my mom always told me, don't be friends with the other Italian Americans, Nico. Our people do not care enough about education. It is thought that there were. This was still a home to many scholars, and they continued to publish many manuscripts of geography and science, and they continued to like study the stars and medicine and all of that just not um it was not funded in the same way anymore and it was not appreciated in the same way it wasn't like a part of the you know cultural um accomplishments in the same way by 200 uh common era alexandria was invaded and plundered and that is considered the official end of the scholarly era of that city um, so now is when there's like kind of a like this is when there becomes a tug of war from many directions of like who has control over this city um, over the next like couple hundred of years. It it uh, starts to come into Christian power with um, Theophilus, who outlaws paganism in 400 common era and Christianity is the official religion of the Roman Empire and um, there's an order of the destruction of all monuments and temples that do not honor Christianity. And some think that this is when the library was further destroyed by the Christians because it may have been considered one of the things that is not fully honoring and, and embracing Christianity. Um, in 412 Common Era, Cyril, which is um, a like bishop in Alexandria um, and a Christian fanatic, um, he comes into power in that area, and um, this was also the time of the famous torture and murder of um, Hypatia, which, uh, like, I kind of want to do a whole different episode about that specifically because it's like its own story, mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of the context to that story in a in a way. But um, the long story short is that Cyril is this bishop. And Orestes is a secular governor um, in Alexandria, and they have this feud during which Orestes seeks guidance from a quote-unquote pagan scholar, Hypatia, who's considered, like, historians consider her to mostly be a secular scholar, but pagan is kind of the blanket term for any religion in the Roman Empire pre-Christianity. Oh, okay. So, um... 
there's like kind of like this like they they use they they conveniently con they conveniently considered her a pagan scholar as kind of a means to murder her and accuse her of witchcraft. So um, Orestes seeks Hypatia's advice because he considers her like this um, wise and like neutral source of like, hey, how do I deal with this crazy bishop who is on my back? And she tells him to act with fairness and restraint, which we've all learned now doesn't fucking work. Nope. <laughs> but I love her for um for trying. And uh Cyril's monks end up badly injuring Orestes during a riot. And in response to that, Orestes has the monks leader tortured to death. And so Cyril blamed Hypatia for that, thinking that it was her that was her advice to Orestes, even though oh, okay. it wasn't. And so all of that, most people think is like a red herring for like, he just wanted to kill this pagan woman who was a scholar. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, it's because you kind of talked to Orestes right before he killed my guy. So you're a witch. And so that's like the, her murder is considered by a lot of people. The like with her murder was also everything that she kind of stood for, which is like, or she was like the last example of like a, prolific secular scholar to come out of Alexandria and then she was murdered by these Christians and so a lot of people consider that to be the end of the Alexandria library because they assume that she studied there if it did in fact still exist while she was there however there's one last theory that still after all that Christian nonsense of them burning everything that doesn't uphold Christianity that there was still maybe part of the library still there. And if it were there, the very last of it would have been burned in 640 Common Era when the Persians took back over the city and with them the Muslim religion. Um, and some say that Caliph Omar, which was the leader at the time of the Persian takeover of the city, um, he decreed that the library's context uh, contents they either contradict the Quran, in which case they're a heresy, or they will agree with it, which in which case they are superfluous. So either way, the contents of the library should be destroyed, which I think is very funny that that is the, the reason given. It's like either it says what I don't want it to say or it says what I do want it to say, but then it's just redundant. So burn it anyway. Wow. Um, the final theory of how the library is lost to time is that even if some of it happened to have survived the Persian takeover, um, the climate of that coastal city, uh, was possible to have been part of like, literally the, the some people think that parts of the library are just underwater now because it was yeah, on well, go find them dig well, dig dig darling My God. <laughs> well i mean you know they were scrolls they're gone now they would have well, disintegrated you know go look anyway <laughs> make me feel I a lot i can feel a lot better if you just did it <laughs> i think they did i think they have looked well, but it's still a theory i'd like to be there watching um, this just really makes me so sad. I know. It's very sad. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people think it was Caesar's mistake in which, and I think that it was definitely partially Caesar's mistake, but um, ultimately I think that the loss of one of the greatest sources of um, documented human discovery and culture and um, progress 
um, can be boiled down to imperialism and religion uh-huh. and um, the the obsession with power because the reason like whether it was the Christians or the Muslims or it was Julius Caesar, all of them it comes down to wanting to control. Yeah. Um and it is also a little bit a mistake. I mean, it's pretty cool. Like Alexander the Great was not necessarily a good person, definitely not. But like it's cool that this is something that like he and his successors cared about and that they funded and want like you know put um put so much of their energy into however ultimately it was still for power's sake because they wanted Mm -hmm. their people to be the educated ones and their people to like wield the weapon of knowledge so it's still like even in creating a library like this and not bothering to have duplicates of all these materials sent to all the other libraries in the world that in itself is a mistake too totally um and but that being said the library was thought to be a mostly like public library and people that are just coming into the city that might be not from the area and not be part of the dynasty at all were supposedly welcome to read things in the library but nobody could read or write at the time other than his people yeah so it's like Technically, it was like, yeah, come educate yourself, but it wasn't very like actually accessible. Yeah. So anyway, ultimately, this means that um, it set back the progress of human civilization by at least a thousand years. And if that's the case, then all the other examples of this happening must also be hundreds, if not thousands of years themselves. Like this was all happening at the same time. Like the the peak of the um, Alexandria Library, uh, supposedly directly coincided with the when the Mayans perfected the Mayan calendar. Oh my God. So like the whole world was kind of like bustling with like uh. these incredible moments of like knowledge and discovery and human innovation, and so much of it in every corner of that of the world is now gone and in the grand scheme of things we actually have very very few things left over from all of those times if you think about it Great. That, um, which is horrifying i'm gonna go slip my throat now <laughs> um thank you so 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 much for telling me about this <laughs> i'm so sorry um i already knew about it but i vowed to never really think about it again mm, yeah same until um, today when i w- fell down a thought spiral about it and no, i was and like well I, I guess i'm gonna make it the mistake i talk about today because love that our besties are gonna love it um <laughs> i'll i will not be here next week to record next week's episode because mm-hmm. i'm gonna jump out of my window i'm gonna be well oh and so ultimately if we're gonna talk moral of the story right this is i, I would love to hear your thoughts on this as well but uh-huh. something that i thought about uh-huh. is um i was reading about like all the all these different cases of versions of this exact thing happening to all these other um libraries of human knowledge and um One of the takeaways that a lot of historians have is that we currently do not have a very safe hold on our our current library of knowledge. Literally. uh, Stop. uh, (laughs) Enough, brava. Because we have all this backup of everything digitally, but we actually don't know how much 
a digital backup matters like that we we don't actually know how safe that is in the long run so we are very likely to be in the midst of what they were in during that time and in 2000 years everything that we know will also be gone because we have not properly maybe, protected our information. Maybe that's for the best. We know too much. <laughs> I think we as a society are ill with how much we know. Right. But you know, like no, medical har- discoveries and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, that's horrifying. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> I don't know how much of a moral that is, but it's just an interesting thing to think about how this is something that we still have not properly really learned from because... All of our information right now is for the most part stored di- digitally and we have no idea how safe digital storing actually is. It's only existed for a very short amount of time. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy to me that we've not yet learned our lesson. Um, yeah. We never do. No. And I think that that is... Um... And it's actually very, very uh, vulnerable and susceptible to like the ways that these like Christian and Muslim empires came in and being like, yo, this doesn't this doesn't perfectly align with the thing that we want our people to know. And it's all in one place. Let's just burn it down. Mm-hmm. Um, our information is similarly very vulnerable to anybody who knows enough about how to destroy it oh, if wow. they wanted to take over and keep us all nice and dumb and happy, which, you know, Doesn't I mean, we already are pretty dumb, but warm your heart. <laughs> oh, how yeah. I love the capabilities at which humans can be evil. Yeah, to I each mean, other. the nuclear codes are dangerously available. You know what? Give me another dark ages, okay? I just want to work on a farm. Um and not really know anything at all. Um, and that's <laughs> well, I fine. mean that is essentially what ended up happening. <laughs> I know. This. Yeah. No. I no. Seeing what the world was and then the dark ages happening. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, like the Renaissance. Yeah, also but like happened. literally, the Dark Ages was what five hundred years, I think. Yeah, and no, historians it was a, a while. And historians say that it's the only period in like recorded human civilization where your life was literally not going to be any different in advancements than your great, great, great grandparents' life had been. Horrifying. It was just a straight fucking line for like 500 years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they were making like insane rapid advancements during the time, during like the peak of the Library of Alexandria, not just in that library, but like the whole, not the entire world, but there were different pockets around the whole world that were experiencing like similar revolutionizing moments. Um, And then literally just like conquistadors and world history is Italians can't fucking do anything right. (laughs) Um, Don't let them run your government because the library of Alexandria might burn down. Hey, I mean, let's let, let's give Spain some credit too here. They did plenty of work on South America with that same, they did did that same effort to all the advancements in the Mayan. But that ain't none of my business, darling. What happened there? Um, No, I think Italians had uh, some part in that as well, but. (laughs) um, uh, Yeah. Who knows? Um, That is horrifying yeah truly so sad um sorry sad and we've just uh 
And we're currently in a moment where basically the equivalent of the Library of Alexandria is just in our hand all day. We are the world. And what we do is check our own Instagrams (laughs) with that power. Um, And I'm not trying to be holier than thou. I'm one of those people. But it is fucking crazy to think that like, I mean, ultimately... The scholars in the Library of Alexandria were not living under capitalism at the time. And they were literally just being told, like, hey, live here and we'll pay for it and learn some shit. So, like, I think that we are well within our right to not necessarily have the same amount of, like, scholarly (laughs) um, capabilities as those people because we're all, like, working and um, under an amount of stress that they simply were not. So, you know, forgive all of us for not studying the stars on our off time. And when I do, darling, you know, it's not for science. It's just for my compatibility with my new crush. (laughs) 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 But my sources were the documentary, The Library of Alexandria by the OOWK Media YouTube channel. OOWK. The murder of... Um, Hypatia by um, Timeline History Documentaries and the um, the like article I guess called Historical Libraries the Library of Alexandria that is on the Mid-Continent Public Libraries website mymcpl.org and then also a TED-Ed video um, that was about like specifically the um murder of Hypatia. And also that little ghost that, <laughs> that lives in your apartment. That just whispered in my ear saying, um... Do an episode about Alexandra. <laughs> learn something uh, today. Learn something. You better learn You something. better learn something today, darling. You can't just keep talking yeah. about Rebecca Black. <laughs> you better tell them something worth note. We hope you learned a lot today. <laughs> yeah, and if, you know, if you have any more interesting details about this, let me know. Tell it seems to be something... <laughs> <laughs> it seems Let to be something know. that's like highly controversial and disputed among historians like what thing actually caused it and like what actually happened at the library and i don't know there's a lot of like you could literally spend days being lost in all the different scholar who was coked out and lit a cigarette and then didn't throw it in the waste bin <laughs> correctly correctly that literally set it on fire. Yeah. It was me in my past life. <laughs> I was the scholar who set the <laughs> Library of Alexandria on fire. <laughs> and that's why I'm still here. <laughs> that's why I am still here on this arts trying to make amends. Uh, you were sent back. You were actually Hypatia. That, I was Hypatia. That was why they murdered that's her. That's why they murdered they her. They were like, okay, you must be a witch because you just set all this n- invaluable knowledge on fire. And she was like, oh no. <laughs> they, they did it in deep southern yeah. drawls in English. <laughs> on the coast of Egypt. Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway. I Alexandria is a city that I've always wanted to visit and I definitely would love to just like be a fly on the wall for that period in time in Alexandria it was also like you know one of the first melting pot societies in history supposedly because there were a lot of people from Egypt and a lot of people from Greece and a lot of people 
um, like a lot of Jewish people and a lot of pagans and a lot of Christians and um, people from other parts of Africa. And that is something that was not too embraced or common back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was like a mostly secular city in a way that has not really existed since then up until modern history, which I find fascinating. It's also funny that Christ was living and around during a lot of this and then died and like 400 years later uh they were like what did what did he say again burn all books that has to be what he said (laughs) (laughs) let's just do it just to be safe (laughs) so yeah um if that depressed you sorry (laughs) that's it that's it Go cry about it. And uh, follow us. Follow and... us. Tell us your mistakes. Tell us, did you send your boss a video of you jer- jerking off? Right to us. Did you burn down an invaluable uh, library? library. <laughs> and tell us all that at bestmistakespod best at gmail.com. Follow us at bestmistakespod. Support us on Anchor. Follow Nika at Nika Lamazzo. Follow oh, me at Anya Volts. Uh, Bye. Bye.